Chapter 4, verses 39 through 54 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers. Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 39 through 42. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him, that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Origin After this conversation with the disciples, Scripture returns to those who had believed on the testimony of the woman, and were come to see Jesus. Chrysostom it is now, as it were, harvest time, when the corn is gathered, and a whole floor soon covered with sheaves. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him, for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. They considered that the woman would never of her own accord have conceived such an admiration for one who had reproved her offenses, unless he were really some great and wonderful person. And thus relying solely on the testimony of the woman, Without any other evidence, they went out to beseech Christ to stay with them. So when the Samaritans were come to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. The Jews, when they saw his miracles, so far from begging him to stay, tried in every way to get rid of his presence. Such is the power of malice and envy and vainglory, that obstinate vice which poisons even goodness itself. Though the Samaritans, however, wished to keep him with them, he would not consent, but only tarried there two days. Origin. It is natural to ask why our Savior stays with the Samaritans when he had given a command to his disciples not to enter into any city of the Samaritans. But we must explain this mystically. To go the way of the Gentiles is to be imbued with Gentile doctrine. To go into a city of the Samaritans is to admit the doctrines of those who believe the scriptures but interpret them heretically. But when men have given up their own doctrines and come to Jesus, it is lawful to stay with them. Chrysostom, the Jews disbelieved in spite of miracles, while these exhibited great faith, before even a miracle was wrought, and when they had only heard our Lord's words, and many more believed because of his own word. Why then do not the evangelists give these words? To show that they omit many important things, and because the result shows what they were, the result being that the whole city was convinced. On the other hand, when the hearers are not convinced, the evangelists are obliged to give our Lord's words, that the failure may be seen to be owing to the indifference of the hearers, not to any defect in the preacher. And now having become Christ's disciples, they dismiss their first instructor, and they said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. How soon they understand that he was come for the deliverance of the whole world, and could not therefore confine his purposes to the Jews, but must sow the word everywhere. Their sayings, too, the Savior of the world, implies that they looked on this world as miserable and lost, and that whereas prophets and angels had come to save it, this was the only real Savior, the author not only of temporal but eternal salvation. 
and observe whereas the woman had spoken doubtfully is not this the christ they do not say we suspect but we know know that this is indeed the saviour of the world not one christ out of many though they had only heard his words they said as much as they could have done had they seen ever so many and great miracles origin with the aid of our former observations on jacob's well and the water it will not be difficult to see why when they find the true word they leave other doctrines i e the city for a sound faith observe they did not ask our saviour only to enter samaria st john particularly remarks or enter that city but to tarry there jesus tarries with those who ask him and especially with those who go out of the city to him origin they were not ready yet for the third day having no anxiety to see a miracle as those who had supped with jesus in cana of galilee this supper was after he had been in cana three days the woman's report was the ground of their belief the enlightening power of the word itself was not yet visible to them augustine so then they knew christ first by report of another afterwards by his own presence which is still the case of those that are without the fold and not yet christians christ is announced to them by some charitable christians by the report of the woman i e the church they come to christ they believe on him through the instrumentality of that woman he stays with them two days i e gives them two precepts of charity and henceforth their belief is stronger they believe that he is indeed the saviour of the world origin for it is impossible that the same impression should be produced by hearing from one who has seen and seeing oneself walking by sight is different from walking by faith the samaritans now do not believe only from testimony but from really seeing the truth verses forty three through forty five now after two days he departed thence and went into galilee for jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honour in his own country then when he was come into galilee the galileans received him having seen all the things that he did at jerusalem at the feast for they also went unto the feast augustine after staying two days in samaria he departed into galilee where he resided now after two days he departed thence and went into galilee augustine why then does the evangelist say immediately for jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honour in his own country for he would seem to have testified more to the truth had he remained in samaria and not gone into galilee not so he stayed two days in samaria and the samaritans believed on him he stayed the same time in galilee and the galileans did not believe on him and therefore he said a prophet hath no honour in his own country chrysostom or consider this the reason that he went not to capernaum but to galilee and cana as appears below his country being i think capernaum as he did not obtain honour there hear what he says and thou capernaum which art exalted unto heaven thou shalt be brought to hell he calls it his own country because he had most resided there theophylact or thus our lord on leaving samaria for galilee explains why he was not always in galilee viz because of the little honour he received there a prophet hath no honour in his own country origin the country of the prophets was judea and every one knows how little honour they received from the jews 
as we read, Whom of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? One cannot but wonder at the truth of this saying, exemplified not only in the contempt cast upon the holy prophets and our Lord himself, but also in the case of other teachers of wisdom, who have been despised by their fellow citizens and put to death. Chrysostom, But do we not see many held in admiration by their own people? We do, but we cannot argue from a few instances. If some are honored in their own country, many more are honored out of it, and familiarity generally subjects men to contempt. The Galileans, however, received our Lord. Then, when he was common to Galilee, the Galileans received him. Observe how those who are spoken ill of are always the first to come to Christ. Of the Galileans we find it said below, Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And he is reproached with being a Samaritan. Thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil. And yet the Samaritans and Galileans believe, to the condemnation of the Jews. The Galileans, however, are superior to the Samaritans, for the latter believed from hearing the woman's words, the former from seeing the signs which he did, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast. Origin. Our Lord, by ejecting those who sold sheep and oxen from the temple, had impressed the Galileans with the strong idea of his majesty, and they received him. His power was shown no less in this act than in making the blind to see and the deaf to hear, but probably he had performed some other miracles as well. Bede. They had seen him at Jerusalem, for they also went unto the feast. Our Lord's return has a mystical meaning, viz., that when the Gentiles have been confirmed in the faith by the two precepts of love, i.e., at the end of the world, he will return to his own country, i.e., Judea. Origin. The Galileans were allowed to keep the feast at Jerusalem, where they had seen Jesus. Thus they were prepared to receive him when he came. Otherwise they would either have rejected him, or he, knowing their unprepared state, would not have gone near them. Verses 46 through 54. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him, and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did, when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Chrysostom On a former occasion our Lord attended a marriage in Cana of Galilee. Now he goes there to convert the people, and confirm by his presence the faith which his miracle had produced. He goes there in preference to his own country, Augustine. 
There, we are told, his disciples believed on him. Though the house was crowded with guests, the only person who believed in consequence of this great miracle were his disciples. He therefore visits the city again in order to try a second time to convert them. Theophylact. The evangelist reminds us of the miracle in order to express the praise due to the Samaritans. For the Galileans in receiving him were influenced as well by the miracle he had wrought with them as by those they had seen at Jerusalem. The nobleman certainly believed in consequence of the miracle performed at Cana, though he did not yet understand Christ's full greatness. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Origen. Some think that this was an officer of King Herod's, others that he was one of Caesar's household, then employed on some commission in Judea. It is not said that he was a Jew. Augustine, he is called a nobleman, either as being of the royal family or as having some office of government. Chrysostom, some think that he is the same centurion who is mentioned in Matthew, but that he is a different person is clear from this, that the latter, when Christ wished to come to his house, entreated him not, whereas the former brought Christ to his house, though he had received no promise of a cure. And the latter met Jesus on his way from the mountain to Capernaum, whereas the former came to Jesus in Cana. And the latter servant was laid up with the palsy, the former's son with a fever. Of this nobleman then we read, When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Augustine did not he who made this request believe? Mark what our Lord says. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. This is to charge the man, either with lukewarmness or coldness of faith, or with want of faith altogether, as if his only object was to put Christ's power to the test, and see who and what kind of person Christ was, and what he could do. The word prodigy, wonder, signifies something far off, in futurity. Augustine, our Lord would have the mind of the believer so raised above all mutable things as not to seek even for miracles. For miracles, though sent from heaven, are in their subject matter mutable. Gregory, remember what he asked for, and you will plainly see that he doubted. He asked him to come down and see his son. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. His faith was deficient, in that he thought that our Lord could not save except he were personally present. Chrysostom, and mark his earthly mind, shown in hurrying Jesus along with him, as if our Lord could not raise his son after death. Indeed, it is very possible that he may have asked in unbelief. For fathers often are so carried away by their affection as to consult not only those they depend upon, but even those they do not depend upon at all, not wishing to leave any means untried which might save their children. But had he had any strong reliance upon Christ, he would have gone to him in Judea. Gregory, our Lord in his answer implies that he is in a certain sense where he is invited present, even when he is absent from a place. He saves by his command simply, even as by his will he created all things. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. 
Here is a blow to that pride which honors human wealth and greatness, and not that nature which is made after the image of God. Our Redeemer, to show that things made much of among men were to be despised by saints, and things despised made much of, did not go to the nobleman's son, but was ready to go to the centurion's servant. Chrysostom, or thus, in the centurion there was confirmed faith and true devotion, and therefore our Lord was ready to go. But the nobleman's faith was still imperfect, as he thought our Lord could not heal in the absence of the sick person. But Christ's answer enlightened him, and the man believed the word which Jesus had spoken to him and went his way. He did not believe, however, wholly or completely. Origin. His rank appears in the fact of his servants meeting him. And, as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Chrysostom. They met him to announce what had happened and prevent Christ from coming, as he was no longer wanted. That the nobleman did not fully believe is shown by what follows. Then inquired he of them at what hour he began to amend. He wished to find out whether the recovery was accidental or owing to our Lord's word. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. How obvious is the miracle. His recovery did not take place in an ordinary way, but all at once, in order that it might be seen to be Christ's doing, and not the result of nature. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Christ said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. Augustine. If he only believed when he was told that his son was well again, and had compared the hour according to his servant's account with the hour predicted by Christ, he did not believe when he first made the petition. Bede. So we see, faith, like the other virtues, is formed gradually and has its beginning, growth, and maturity. His faith had its beginning when he asked for his son's recovery, its growth when he believed our Lord's words, Thy son liveth, its maturity after the announcement of the fact by his servants. Augustine, the Samaritans believed on the strength of his words only. That whole house believed on the strength of the miracle which had been brought in it. The evangelist adds, This is again the second miracle which Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Chrysostom. The second miracle, he says markedly, the Jews had not come to a more perfect faith of the Samaritans, who saw no miracle. Origin. The sentence is ambiguous. Taken one way, it means that Jesus, after coming to Galilee, performed two miracles, of which that of the healing the nobleman's son was the second. Taken another, it means that of the two miracles which Jesus performed in Galilee, the second was done after coming from Judea into Galilee. The latter is true and received meaning. Mystically, the two journeys of Christ into Galilee signify his two advents, at the first of which he makes us his guest at supper and gives us wine to drink. At the second, he raises up the nobleman's son who was at the point of death, i.e. the Jewish people who, after the fullness of the Gentiles, attain themselves to salvation. For as the great king of kings is he whom God had seated upon his holy hill of Zion, so the lesser king is he who saw his day and was glad, i.e. Abraham. And therefore his sixth son is the Jewish people fallen from the true religion, 
been thrown into a fever in consequence by the fiery darts of the enemy. And we know that the saints of old, even when they had put off the covering of the flesh, made the people the object of their care. For we read in Maccabees, after the death of Jeremiah, this is Jeremiah the prophet of the Lord, who prayeth much for the people. Abraham therefore prays to our Savior to succor his diseased people. Again, the word of power, thy son liveth, comes forth from Cana, i.e. the work of the word. The healing of the nobleman's son is done in Capernaum, i.e. the land of consolation. The nobleman's son signifies the class of believers who, though diseased, are yet not altogether destitute of fruits. The words, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe, are spoken of the Jewish people in general, or perhaps of the nobleman, i.e. Abraham himself in a certain sense. For as John waited for a sign, on whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, so too the saints who died before the coming of Christ in the flesh, expect him to manifest himself by signs and wonders. And this nobleman too had servants as well as a son, which servants stand for the lower and weaker class of believers. Nor is it chance that the fever leaves the sun at the seventh hour. For seven is the number of rest, Alcune. Or it was the seventh hour because all remission of sins is through the sevenfold spirit. For the number seven divided into three and four signifies the Holy Trinity and the four seasons of the world in the four elements. Origin. There may be an allusion in the two journeys to the two advents of Christ in the soul, the first supplying a spiritual banquet of wine, the second taking away all remains of weakness and death. Theophylact. The little king stands for man generally, man not only deriving his soul from the king of the universe, but having himself dominion over all things. His son, i.e. his mind, labors under a fever of evil passion and desires. He goes to Jesus and entreats him to come down, i.e. to exercise the condescension of his pity and pardon his sins before it is too late. Our Lord answers, Go thy way, i.e. advance in holiness, and then thy son will live. But if thou stop short in thy course, thou wilt destroy the power of understanding and doing right. End of chapter 4